Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. On this show, we take a relational approach to turning readers into fans by using expensive words based on our emotions to write compelling stories. This way, instead of finding customers who read, we find friends and fans who will go on any storytelling path with us as we walk down the winding roads that make up our author journeys. Get ready to learn more about writing the story of your heart right now on Writing Expensive Words. All right, welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Spencer, aka the most story-obsessed person that you'll ever meet. And today we are going to talk about emotion-based imagery, why you should think about it, why you should use it to connect with your readers, and how to actually do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, so we're going to break down six questions or prompts today, and I'm going to explain them to you. All right. Prompt number one. Well, I guess it's a question. I don't know. It's a prompt question, right? How to write about your feelings. So the way that we're taught to write about our feelings in the academic world is we're told that we need to make up a bunch of stories, right? But that's not actually helpful because the way that we write, (laughs) writing is going to be read by a human person who's not made up, who's not fake. And so when you're coming up with a bunch of random things, it's actually not helpful for the reader. If you've been taught that the best way to write is to make up stuff, it's not your fault and you're not alone. A lot of schools, a lot of other writing advice givers on the internet will tell you to do it this way. But the best way to actually Think about how to write characters, how to write stories that are going to resonate with readers is to think about emotion-based imagery, which we're going to talk about today. And the way that you do that is you use your own feelings to connect emotions to imagery in your story. And if you're like, I don't even know what imagery is, don't worry, we're going to go over it. We're going to go over everything together. I am going to help you because I care about you and I care about your storytelling and I care about your readers. All right. So how to write character feelings, number two. And remember, we're going to break down emotion-based imagery as we go. So when you're thinking about how to write character feelings, you want to think about how you would feel. That's right. You need to think about your own feelings. And you're going to take that feeling that you have for the character that you can relate to because you've had it, and you're going to attach it to what the character sees, tastes, smells, feels, or hears. For example, maybe the smell of lavender makes a character feel sad because it reminds them of their mother who lives far away. That sounds realistic, doesn't it? When we're away from people we care about, we miss them and things remind us of them. So don't be scared. You've got this. It's really simple. And a lot of people think about it too much. They don't understand why they should write about random things and they shouldn't. So take a feeling, add some imagery. Boom. You've got a point of human connection for your reader. Okay, let's go on to the third point. 
how to write emotional characters. Writing emotional characters can feel intimidating. I keep thinking about one particularly emotional character who happens to be one of my favorites, even though I'm always like, oh, you're, you're doing it again. And that is Pepper Ann, which is a wonderful and hilarious and ironic cartoon series that you can find on Disney Plus right now. I'm not a Disney Plus affiliate. I just love Pepper Ann so much, and I'm really glad they finally added it. But she's a character that feels really big things, and she has this, like, mirrored image of herself that acts as her conscience, who's basically always telling her the opposite of what she's feeling is right, which is hilarious because I don't know about you. I never do that. I never, don't, like, overthink everything and try to, um, you know, convince myself that I'm doing everything wrong. No, I totally do that. So what you want to do is think of a situation where you felt the way that you're going to make your character feel. You, you're putting your character into a situation like, for example, let me think of one from Pepper Ann. So she, uh, her, not her friend, I would say... The bully, I guess, in the show is teasing Pepper Ann because Pepper Ann's parents are divorced, so she doesn't live with her dad. And she's like, oh, well, Pepper Ann, you don't know that much about your dad because he doesn't live with you. And then Pepper Ann is like, oh, my gosh, he doesn't live with me. Does that mean that I'm not close with him? And so she's having all these doubts. And you can think, how would I feel if I was a teenager and my parents were divorced and I only got to live with one of them. Would that bring up some doubts about the other person? And how could I resolve those things? And that's, of course, what the showrunners and the writers for Pepper Ann did. And as it ends, Pepper Ann realizes, I don't even care what that girl thinks. I love my dad. He loves me. We're cool. And the episode is resolved. And the feelings seem authentic. So when you're like, how do I write emotional characters? Think about your life. Think about your feelings and adjust, right? And when you actually do that, do you know what time it is? It's time to celebrate because that's a huge deal. That's a big accomplishment. And like Rachel Peterson says, and I know you're probably sick of hearing this, but you have to, you have to know this, okay? What you celebrate, you can replicate. And that's what you want to do because you want to build a storytelling machine, not just tell one good story and then be done with storytelling forever, right? Right? It's not just me who wants to build a storytelling machine and tell good stories for like ever. Okay, so remember, celebrate when you're able to have an emotional breakthrough in your character because you have just stepped one leap closer to being able to do that thing for your readers to create emotions that are realistic that they will connect with. Okay, how to write emotional, emotionless characters. We're at point number four. Why would you want to do that? I don't understand. Don't write emotionless characters. You need to, when you hear people telling you that you should not write emotional characters, you need to resist that advice. It's bad. It's not good. The only time you would want to write someone emotionless is like if you're writing a sociopath or um, a psychopath because they don't experience empathy. And then that makes sense that like someone's sadness wouldn't spread onto them. But that's a whole different kind of story. Like that's not a normal writing circumstance. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't try to write emotionless characters. And when someone gives you bad advice, even if it's me, even if you're like, Kristen, you told me that thing. I tried it. I hated it. 
I don't want to do it. Don't listen to that advice then. If it's bad advice, you don't have to listen. You can always choose to say, I'm not going to do that. That's not right for me. And you know what? No one else can say like, hey, you're wrong. Unless you're scared and you don't want to do something that's good for you because you're afraid. Then we need to work through that together. But you can still be like, that makes me uncomfortable right now. And that's totally fine. You don't have to keep following bad advice. You don't have to take advice that doesn't work for you. Okay. We are on to point number five. Five, in case you didn't understand my sing-songing it. So how to write characters in love. Have you ever read a love story that struck a note with you? One that stuck with you? Uh, my favorite book ever is Claudia Gray's Lost Stars Star Wars, a Star Wars story, which is on my shelf behind me there, depending on which camera I'm looking into. <laughs> so if you are like, I want to know how to write characters in love, I'll just give you like this one simple way to do it. You can do friends to lovers with complicated disagreements the complicated disagreements is like a real level of specificity but in lost stars that's what happens you have two characters thane and Sienna, who are from very different backgrounds even though they're from the same planet even though they both want the same thing which is to be a pilot and i don't want to give away too much because you should definitely read this book because it's like amazing but uh a great realistic love story can start with friendship. And that is something that I feel like a lot of books are not really doing a good job of exploring these days. And I would love to read more books about friends. If you've written a book about friendship, email me, message me, whatever. I want to read it, okay? I, I want to promote these kinds of stories. Um, but one of the reasons that I love the friend to lovers thing is because that's my story. That's what happened with Travis, my husband. We started writing letters to each other through something called College Facebook, which was like a knockoff of the real Facebook. And, uh, you know, we realized like, oh, we like this person. We want to be friends. And, you know, we, we started out as friends, just getting to know more about each other and getting to know each other better. And then Travis was like, hey, do you want to see like if we can like do you like I'm not asking you to marry me right now, but would you see if we're compatible for marriage? I don't think he knew what he was asking either, but I was like, that sounds good to me. Like dating sucks. So let's do that. And that's what we did. And that's why I love that kind of story. All right. Moving on to the sixth point. Write about feelings. Uh, I'm going to talk about Christina Adams. And if you haven't listened to the episode that I did where I interviewed her, it's episode 139 on the Writing Expensive Words podcast, this podcast. Go listen to it. It's so good. She's such an emotionally healthy person and she's super smart. And um, anyway, we were talking about how her her last book in her What Happens In Stays In series, and it was set in Paphos, which I have a friend who's Cypriot. Obviously, I lived in Greece for seven years, so I was like, yes, common thread here. And I also, so I read the beginning of the book, and I was like, oh my gosh, this starts with like a funeral, and I could relate to the things that Christina wrote. And I asked her about it, so we talked a lot about grief. So yeah, if you want to hear about 
putting expensive emotions, expensive words into your storytelling, go listen to that episode. But um, it's something, grief is something that we've both been through and also wanted to write about. And so you need to start thinking, what emotions have I been through that I really want to write about, that I know I can connect with my audience about on a personal level, even though I'm writing fiction? So what I want to know, comment below, write in, tell me, what is your favorite emotion to write? Because like for me, I feel like grief is a really interesting topic. It's something that's real, very real in my life, and I feel it every day. And a book that I think does a really good job with this is The Beauty That Remains by Ashley Woodfolk. It's a great book if you can get past the fact that there are so many POVs. Like I had to make a chart for myself to keep track of who was who and who, how they were all related, which was like through a band. But I, I was trying to read it alongside with my daughter who's 14 and she was like, mom, I can't follow this book. So just keep your audience in mind. Is it too complicated? Yes. You can explore emotions on different levels, but if the premise of your story is like all these people have a shared grief, but there's so many characters to keep track of, maybe that's not the best choice for a YA book. Just saying, Um, because if my 14 year old who was super smart, couldn't follow it, and then maybe that book was targeted to the wrong audience because it definitely wasn't targeted to me. Uh, I just like reading YA and I like reading middle grade stories. So I often do. So we're moving on to the seventh point, which is how to write feeling story slash how can you give a testimonial? Um, listen, You are totally capable of writing a real story with feelings because you are a person who has feelings. That's not a complicated idea, right? You write about feelings, you have feelings, so you know. You And if you don't know, guess what? You can always ask someone else who's been through something that would evoke the same emotions that your character is going to experience. So... Look back at your memories. That's kind of one of the exercises that I always do. Right now I'm writing a nonfiction collection about traveling with my kids and I'm like crying every time I sit and write because some of the stuff was heavy. But also my kids are essentially completely different people now because they've grown up and they have complicated emotions and they look different and they sound different. And I'm like, dang, the time has gone by really fast. This is making me feel sad, but also proud. It's complicated. (laughs) So look at your memories and figure out how to translate those feelings to similar scenes in your stories. That is a great practice. And that is how you can get those emotions for the emotional imagery to connect to the imagery side of things, which is how things look, sound, you know, all of those gustatory fancy words. Uh, That's the word for taste. So if you're intimidated by literary devices, don't be. You can always find a simpler way to say the thing that the literary device is trying to get you to do so that you don't feel so intimidated. Uh, So you have everything you need in order to write a feeling story because of your own life, because of your own testimony. You have everything you need right here and right here. And when I was doing this video on TikTok, I pointed to the wrong side of my chest and that made me laugh uncontrollably uh, because I was like, dude, my heart is not, that's not where my heart is. (laughs) And that's what I meant, your mind and your heart. So just keep in mind, you can do this. It's not difficult and you have emotions. So you're set. You have all those memories stored in your brain. 
Uh, thank you for listening. That's all I have for you today. And remember, it is never too late to write the story of your heart. You have everything you need here in these places. Now go write. This has been another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast with me, your host, Kristen Spencer. I'd love to hear your amazing writing thoughts and questions from your awesome writing brain. You can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer or at literary symmetry. Or you can email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com. This podcast is funded by awesome listeners like you. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it rolling, you can head over to www.patreon.com forward slash expensive words. You can keep all of my hosting and software needs going for the show by donating less than what it costs for one fancy cup of tea a month. And to be eligible to join writing coaching calls with me, check out the $12 a month sponsorship. You will get to ask me questions live about the story of your heart once a month and meet other cool writers. Thanks again for listening and happy writing.